0: You're listening to Places I Can't Return to, an audiobook by Sean Bear Flannery. Narrated by, well, me, Sean Bear Flannery. Each week, I release the next chapter here on this podcast. If you enjoy these stories, you can buy the full book in digital, print, or audio at my website, seanbearflannery.com. That's Bear, B A I R. What you're about to hear are true stories, but this is no memoir. It's more of an illustration, maybe even a warning, of what your life will look like if you decide to live every day like it's your last, because I followed that advice. I followed it for a good 15 years, and I cannot reenter most of the places I visited in that time. Comp USA, Fairlawn, Ohio. Why'd you get fired this time, my dad asked after seeing that I was not dressed for work. Dad, hand to God, I replied. I was fired for having too big of a vocabulary. Sean, if that's the full story, I'm St. Peter walking the earth. I've always maintained that was the full story. But the manager who fired me probably tells it differently. And perhaps I was focused on the vocabulary issue to soften my dad's frustration. My dad has the largest vocabulary of anyone I know. And he had recently come to notice that for a kid in high school, as I was at the time of this story, my own vocabulary was growing impressively. My dad enjoyed quizzing me on words and etymologies, probably because, given how terrible my grades were and how often I was fired from jobs, phraseology was one of the few topics where he could have a conversation with me and walk away with the impression that I might be employable someday. My dad started to notice my vocabulary during a disagreement we had about the SAT. He wanted me to prepare diligently for the test. I told him, you either know it or you don't. Nothing can change it. Sean, he countered, those questions, they might seem impossible. But with training, you can break down the etymology and structures. Maybe guess a few right. For instance, they showed me words I had never seen before or since. Try this one on for size, Sean. What's a fetlock? Going down from the hip, it's the second joint on the leg of a horse. I answered, What? My dad was amazed that I had answered that question correctly. He couldn't believe that I might test better than him. It was the only question he got wrong on the verbal portion. And I think he might have been a little annoyed by the possibility that I might know more words than him. He never pestered me about the SAT again. I never had the heart to tell him that the reason I knew that word was because I regularly skipped high school to bet on horses, and Fetlock frequently appeared in the injury reports. When I did eventually take the SAT, or at least when I was supposed to, I was out of my mind with a hangover, walked into the wrong room by mistake, and took a citizenship test instead. To this day, I have no SAT score, and if I'm being honest, I don't think my vocabulary grew after high school. I can diagram the hell out of a horse, though. Maybe my vocabulary stopped growing after high school because I lost a job due to the size of it. And I realize the world hates a person that sounds too elitist. But again, that's my version of the story, as opposed to my manager's. He probably says he fired me because I was a terrible employee. At the time... I worked at a CompUSA, and I had entered the store one day to find another employee, Randy, speaking with a frustrated customer in the cable aisle. The customer needed a cable to connect his monitor to a computer, but inadvertently purchased the wrong cable. A cable extension cord rather than a replacement cord. Randy was trying to explain the difference, but the customer kept insisting that both cables were the same. No, 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 sir. You bought this cable. Randy explained while holding the extension cable in the air. This cable makes the other cable reach farther. But you still need the other cable for it to all work. But they look the same, the customer countered. No, see the pens are different. Randy rotated both cables around to show the clearly different configurations. That the extension cable was male to female. While the replacement cable was male to male. No. You're not understanding it, kid. I need a totally different kind of cable, the customer insisted. At this point, Randy noticed me and exclaimed, Oh, there's Sean. He's our cable expert. Perhaps he can explain it better than me. At each computer store I worked at, there was a tradition where employees tried to pass stupid customers onto the next team member in a funny or creative way. A kind of idiot hot potato. Whenever you heard another employee identify you as an expert on a topic you knew nothing about, you knew they were trying to unload a moron. Occasionally, though, an employee would dump their idiot in such a creative way, you didn't realize what was happening until it was too late. Once, a boss paged me over the loudspeaker by announcing, Sean Flannery to customer service. We have a gentleman with an ID 10T error. And it wasn't until later I realized ID10T spells out idiot when written down. Other times, someone might say, Sean, would you come over here? I'm dealing with a really fascinating PMAC error. Which you would later learn stands for Problem Exists Between Monitor and Computer. That the user is the problem but at this particular day at USA, I was summoned over via the most common method being introduced as a subject matter expert this was a popular maneuver mainly because it worked like a charm a moron always believes that they are correct and is waiting for an expert to join the conversation so that someone else is operating at their rarefied level Thank God, the customer said to me after Randy flagged me down. This idiot has been trying to get me to repurchase the same bad cable for the last 20 minutes. Randy smiled with that wide, sinister grin people have when they know their terrible problem is now someone else's. Kind of like a guy who's just sold a haunted house. Randy exited backwards, waving to me and laughing impishly. Okay, sir, I said. You need a cable to connect your new monitor with your computer, right? And you bought this cable that doesn't work, right? Yes, he cried with relief. Okay, it's the Terminator, sir. I explained politely. This one has the two ends you need, see? Same ends on both sides. Look at that, versus the one you got. I showed him the cables. The correct cable had 15 pins sticking out of a trapezoidal port on each end. The incorrect cable that he bought had 15 pins on one end and 15 holes on the other, not pins. So it can't be inserted into the computer, only connected to another cable with the corresponding pins. It even said extension cable in capital letters on the packaging. Damn it, you don't get it either, he sighed. I need a different kind of cable. I pressed on. I was. An expert, after all. Sir, it's just the Terminators. It's a common mistake. They are very similar, and you purchased the incorrect one. You need a male-male cable, not female-male. What the hell are you talking about? Male-male. I showed him the cable with the pin sticking out on both sides. I don't know all your computer terms, he snapped, exasperated. Oh, Okay. No problem, sir. I continued, trying a different tack. How about this? I want you not to think of this as a computer problem. And instead, let's just do word association. I showed him the replacement cable with pens on each side. See how the end of this cable has pens that are erect? That's the male, sir. At this point, I was speaking to him so loudly and with such condescension the way a jerk might teach English to a classroom full of non-English speakers, that a small crowd had gathered, including my manager, who, it should be noted, had been looking for an excuse to fire me for days. Now, I want you to look at the end of this cable, sir. I said, showing him the female end of the extension cable he had purchased. Notice how the holes are invaginated. That is a female, sir. I don't know how that man reacted to that explanation, because before I could register his expression, my manager grabbed me and pushed me through the door of a nearby office while yelling something about having another employee fix the problem. My manager followed me into the office and slammed the door behind him. That's it, he growled. I can finally fire you with cause. With cause was a phrase I heard a lot when being fired. And I always found it hilarious. Of course they were firing with cause. Even illegal firings technically have a cause. Like, well, I am a racist and he is black. Or I am a creep ball and she will not sleep with me. I started smiling at the idea of a causeless firing. A firing born of pure chaos. And what that might be. Maybe a carpet beetle that lives in our store controls my manager's thoughts and body. And has decided to fire the first employee it sees. That seemed pretty causeless. A solid case, as lawyers say. And I smiled wider. No, I thought... That still technically has a cause. The angry beetle. Oblivious to my inner monologue about the staffing practices of insects, my manager continued, You cannot talk to a customer that way. Not only was it condescending, not only did it have borderline sexual connotations, but also, invaginated? That's not even a word. It should be added, He was doing violent air quotes as he said, invaginated. Internally, I knew my manager had every right to fire me. And I was also beginning to think that I might have made up invaginated. But I also felt I should leave this job the way I worked it, by arguing with my boss. Oh no, I countered. Invaginated is most certainly a word. It's used rather commonly in engineering documents. We began to argue for several minutes about the correctness of invaginated, and somehow I was able to convince him that under Ohio employment laws, he could not fire me if we determined that invaginated was a real word. Because in that case, the firing became causeless, which was another word I had just started using. Fine. Should be easy enough to prove, he yelled, and picked up the office phone. Warehouse, I want you to walk over to customer service, take $50 out of petty cash, and go to Borders and buy me a dictionary. Yes, a fucking dictionary. Now, I knew for a fact that every time petty cash was used, a detailed expense report had to be completed and sent to corporate headquarters to justify the expenditure. Even as I was being fired, I always wondered how they would justify this. Why a computer store in the mid-1990s needed to spend $50 on a dictionary. And further, I knew those expense reports, physically, had very little room for someone to write in the explanation. And this situation was too complex to sum up concisely and you certainly wouldn't dare include the word invaginated in official documents. So I hoped that the only reason cited for laying out fifty bucks to buy a dictionary would be simply fire employee. A few minutes later there was a Borders in the same plaza as our store. An employee from the warehouse appeared with the dictionary and gave it to my manager. My manager handed the dictionary to me and, smiling like someone holding a straight flush, commanded, okay, let's see you find it. I opened the dictionary to vagina. My reasoning was, if this is a word, it will be a part of speech listed next to the body part. But no such luck. It wasn't listed. It's not there, is it, Sean? My manager asked. This dictionary may not have it. I offered weekly, which is the only time that sentence has been stated outside a game of Scrabble. It was the most expensive dictionary they had, the employee who purchased it added. Well, that's going to look even better on the expense report, I thought. Hold on, I interjected. Maybe it's become its own standalone word. You know, due to how incredibly common it has become. Like disheartened. I flipped the pages desperately to E to see if envaginated was indeed its own word. ENV, envelope, in vapor, to surround with vapor, in veil, to cover with a veil, place a veil upon. It wasn't there. I'll walk you to the break room, Sean, said my manager, trying to conclude the meeting. You can collect any personal effects. Wait, I yelled, suddenly remembering just how terrible my instincts for spelling were. Maybe, I thought, just maybe the word in question actually starts with an i. I reopened the dictionary, flipped to the pages to that section, and finally, there I saw, defined in big bold print, invaginated. To fold or draw back a hollow structure within itself. Introvert. Intussuscept. 2. Sheath. I turned the dictionary around to face my manager pointed to the word, stood confidently, and said, Well, if you'll excuse me, looks like I have a sales record to go set. I left the room, my final remark all the more confident, considering I did not work on the sales floor and had yet to make a sale. I was fired two days later for being late. So you were fired for your vocabulary, Sean, my dad confirmed again with no small amount of doubt in his voice. Yeah. Well, I suppose if we were to get into the, here I winked to indicate I was about to slip into big fancy talk, if we were about to get into the frippery of it, Dad, I think it was more the management found my vocabulary so annoying, they searched for any reason to fire me. And what did they find, Sean? My dad asked. My mom, who had been working in the living room, entered to hear this answer. I was three and a half hours late for work on Monday. My mom started laughing loudly. My dad shook his head, staring at the carpet. I heard him mumble, Jesus, not one, not two, and he trailed off. Sounds like you need a clock, my mom chuckled as she headed back into the living room. Or maybe, she added, turning around as you two geniuses probably call it, a chronometer.